What's happening, troops? Look, the podcast is brought to you by G4 Claims. Now, G4 Claims are taking care of you on the roads. If you're involved in a wee accident and it was not your fault, then get in touch with them. Their phone number is 01698 767 172. And all you need to do is phone them. You're involved in that wee accident. You're pulled over. You don't know what to do. Oh, no, somebody's hit me. Phone them. It's a free process. They're going to talk you through it. They're going to calm you down. Make sure everything goes smoothly for you. And uh, if you want to check their website out, it's notatfaultclaim.com. They've won multiple business awards. So you're dealing with the best in the game here, Trips. Um, also... We are still working on the Pavilion Festival video. I, I'm sure you've seen our video talking about how we're going to take a wee break off YouTube. Um, so we've been off for like a week or two. I don't, I can't remember. Um, <laughs> come on, Jamie Kelly. Jamie Kelly's here. Come on. It's the, it's the intro. It's the intro. Come in. Just say hello, mate. I'm coming. I'm coming Just say hello, then I'll, I'll wrap this bitch up. I was late, guys. Sorry. Did you want to say? No, it's not. Um, just, just talk it. Oh, just talking to you. It's happening. Right, cheers. Um, aye, so we're still working on the Pavilion Festival video at the moment, but we thought we'd chuck on a wee deep fried freeze from the Patreon. And this one's on 9-11, baby. It doesn't get much juicier than that. Enjoy it, team. Patreon was happening, troops. Hi, we're back, back again. Um, deep fried back. It is, mate. We've not done one in a while, and we've not done a BI director in a while, mate. <sighs> we've got the young Junior Mulvey. Thank you coming in, selecting the thirty pound BI director tier. Thank you so much. Um, we've had a how many have we done of them? Like six or something? Aye, aye, a good few. This is like I think um, he's picked like the. The daddy of all conspiracy theories, do you know what I mean? Well, no, I was actually arguing about this, right, with somebody. With him? With you? Aye, it was with About um, what, the, what the top dog is with Because when, obviously, when Junior picked this, we were like, oh, it trips, it's 9-11. Oh. We didn't even say, but it's yeah. 9-11. Uh, junior wanted us to have a look into, and we were... First of all, I'll go through what I was arguing with Jamie, right? No arguing. Oh, it, when he caught an argument. It was a, a first-round knock-out by myself, <laughs> mate. Uh, it was... Uh, so, he was saying, oh, that's, like, the conspiracy theory. Like, that's, this, like, the daddy of them all. And I was saying, no, it was actual GFK. And Jamie was like, no. So, it's- Jamie asked me on the last... When you were off, we are, uh, when your dick flew off, mm-hmm. me and Jamie were in, and he, he posited this to me. He said, what do you think's the biggest one? And I said probably GFK. But but no, here's the here's the actual this is the this is the first round knockout. The term conspiracy theory comes for that. Comes for GFK. But Jamie I says that, I don't think that invalidates my argument, but But he said it comes for the 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 moon landings, which is true because it's moon spiracy. That's like that's a thing. I don't think I said that. GF- I did. Oh, right. <laughs> but you said GFK the moon. I said the moon landing is, is. Was G- did GFK no get shot before that? When was it? 
Was it no 67? Aye, well, that, was, that was 69, so probably. The Moonlands were 69. Aye, so... The space So race, the term conspiracy theory was fucking bandied about for a, two, think, for a two year period mate I feel like it's been hijacked by the QAnon cunts and that but I know like, but do you know what I don't, no, I don't get right like I don't understand this so see I think like in the UK right see if you believe in like sort of yeah the elites are all paedophiles and all, all this shit right I feel like that's a kind of mere left wing view mm here because like it's more like yeah the elites are planning against us and it's a bit of a kind of like aye but but over there if you believe like that shit you're a mad right wing nutter I mean, that's there, what they there's been like a big there's been a big switch with like the left and right like because mm-hmm. it used to be like new liberal thought and like left leaning thought is like the 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 mainstream now mm-hmm. but back in the day the right was the mainstream mm-hmm. so like I I don't know it's it's I think it has took a big swing, so that might be part of that. Um, yeah. I was thinking about that the other day because I was listening to fucking Russell Brand on Joe Rogan. I listened to that one the other aye. day and they were kind of talking about it. And uh, I, I I feel like I, I, I view that as like a right wing thing. See if somebody's a queuing on like COVID conspiracist or that kind of stuff. I would think, oh, some other right wing nut job. But 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 why do you, but why do you why do you think that? But because. I feel like people only think that because obviously it's the day with Trump, right? It's and how Trump. he is like COVID, Black China, all this shit. But like, if you believe in like anything else, like QAnon's a massive thing. Like, it's not just that. It's like pure mm-hmm. how all the fucking elites saw drink young people's blood, adrenochrome mm-hmm. and all that, right? Which it's, used to be like, you used to be like, well, don't trust the bankers because that's exactly. That, so, like, so I feel like, so I don't understand why. Over there, it's like lab- you're lumped in with like a right wing view just because you believe in that shit. It's weird to me. I think it's just because mad um, <clears throat> like figures that are in the public eye that are right wing and have been right wing have adopted that. Mm-hmm. So it's just like you just think of like Alex Jones or like. But I seen a video of Tucker Carlson talking the other day and it was heavy. Like he was talking about socialism and that. Aye, mate, this is what it's, it's so, so weird. Mate. It's so grey there because like. I it's very it's a weird it's a weird time. I don't for think that there shit. is such a thing as like left and right. And I mean, no. like I seen something the other day that was like um, talking about I forget who it is, but it's just a C C B uh, a CNN news anchor, and it said far right person this like news anchor. And I was like, he's no far right. He just like wears a suit and like Aye. believes that like he loves Jesus and that. Like that's Aye. no far right. Tattoos in your face. He's but there's big full boots see in America. There's like full like. So you obviously you've got like um, C C N N no C N B C. Well, you get C N N and then you get C N C N B C, and then there's like there's hundreds of them, Aye. but like they're all one or the other leaning. Mm-hmm. Whereas here, like it's not really like that as much. But it, but it is actually coming to think of, but like for the actual news on the TV. Uh-huh. One's I, one or the other, and everything they everything all the news they portray is like sort of in one direction but like, mate it all comes for like in America anyway it all comes for like um, like adverts so like see big companies and that they'll be like they want to be associated with networks that say certain things they don't want mm-hmm. so like aye, Pfizer aye. and that like all the news is sponsored by like Pfizer and that mm-hmm. so it's like it's pure 
I just feel like they've got a mad. They've, they've not got an agenda. They're like mad. Uh, like hitmen for hire. They're just aye. like, well, who's getting most money? Right, we'll say that. Aye, 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 I, mean? aye. Like, aye, I, I like think that. like left and right's not a thing anymore. It's like quite sixties to me now. Aye, <laughs> like pure. They're, happy shit, they're still pure going ham over it, but um, this involves a lot of the right wing. I would say this story mm-hmm. um, and the left, aye, wing. and the middle wing, aye. Um, <laughs> The top wing, the bottom wing. But <laughs> no troops, so we're gonna look into nine eleven. Uh, thanks again to Junior. Hope you hope we do it justice. We were kinda like everybody's always said to us, Are you gonna do nine eleven? Like you need to do nine eleven. And the reason like I, I think we never done it was one, because obviously it's so so many people have probably went over it that it's like, what the fuck are we gonna add to it? Do you I, know what I mean? don't think we can bring a mad unique like like things the things that I, I like that we've covered before are things that's like some people might know about them a wee bit, but when you start reading into it, it's like, oh, right. I like you've heard it, heard it, but you don't know the story sort Aye. of thing. Aye. But this has been like memed and shit, so Aye. we just thought, but see, to be fair, when I was like researching it, I was like, it is interesting as fuck, Aye. you know what I mean? But Aye, but so, I mean, it is the daddy of all conspiracies, so, and it's pretty grim as well. It's like one of the ones, it's like, whaling abductions, Big Barney Hill getting fucking um, prodded up his arse and that. There's, there's, there's humour in that. Oh, there's humour in that, but, this one's a bit, just a bit grim all around. It's death, bro. So death and violence. It's going to be a different kind of vibe, I think. Aye, like going, I would say like, go and make yourself some chamomile tea. Sit in a dark room. Get a big cosy job for it. <laughs> and just <laughs> relax. Put a candle in and absorb this. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I was looking into like, obviously uh, Osama Bin Laden, Al-Qaeda, that is who, supposedly... Uh, so they want you, bro. Rothschilds and that, um, but no. Obviously, that was the guy who was sort of meant to have masterminded this, um, meant to have like put this together. And obviously, he's. Would you say he's? Would you say Osama bin Laden goat of terrorists? At a hundred percent, bro. He's top five on every list. I would say a hundred percent. I I kind of think of one that that is mayor. Is mere like uh, mainstream. <laughs> like, uh, he was. Uh, he's been in the news more than any other Osama one. Osama bin Laden is the poster boy. Uh-huh, exactly, mate. He's... Like, see when see when you were younger, like I, I dressed up as him, mate. Uh, you did, mate. You thought you know this? He's a lovely guy, no. mate. Ah, this is. I don't know how I just survived this, right? <laughs> when I was younger, troops, I went. My cousin Ewan, he's on the Patreon. Shout out, Ewan. Um, I went to his his bit for uh, Halloween and um, I must have been I don't know what age maybe 10, 11 something like that I don't know and uh, see what are you playing footsie bro honestly <laughs> this guy uh, so I must have been like 10 or 11 I remember I went to the Parkhead Folds yeah the Folds oh, Market oh mate what a beautiful place you ever been to the Folds? I've never been to the Folds we need to take Fuck you to the Folds bro I've never been to any of them Glasgow I, know, I, I love driving through Glasgow because I was taking Jamie to Central to get the train home and I was like, it's a gold boost, Jamie. And he's, I was like, you been here? And he's like, no, I've heard it. Like, oh, man, these are all mad mythical places Aye, to me. But, but the closest city to you is obviously Kilmarnock. <laughs> Mate, when he told me that, I could not stop laughing, man, honestly. But, uh, aye, so I was at the Forge getting a, there's a wee stall at the Forge that sells Halloween costumes and they're always just the, the maddest things aye. ever. So I remember seeing the Bin Laden full face mask, like, pull out your head, fuck the beard, everything mate right I'm like oh 
I'm into that, right? So I got that, and then I got a mad white robe. <laughs> and I was, like, cutting a boot, like, his street, right? And this was, this. I remember my joke. I still remember my joke when I got to the door, right? How insane is it? Was, this makes a lot of sense for how I am now. I, ch- I would chop a door, and they brought that. I brought or they brought a trick or treat or whatever. And I'd, I'd have a wee joke, and I'd say, um... Why did Hitler commit suicide? <laughs> and he said, why? And I said, because he got his gas bill through. Bro, you were 10 or 11. I still remember saying that. You were 10 or 11. I, and I'm, I dressed as Osama Bin Laden. Mate, if a 10-year-old... Te- <laughs> they, they should have got... They should have got me by news, what I'll say. Aye. They should have... That should have raised a flag I, in the community. Imagine it's like uh, Halloween this year and a 10-year-old comes to your door dressed as Osama Bin Laden and tells you a Hitler joke about a gas bill, mate. You'd, mate, you'd that's, like, that's what I'm saying. It's wild. Like, I'm phoning your mom. <laughs> like, come I on. No, we're like... There I go. <laughs> oh, good job, son. Mate, I think that... And uh, I don't agree with that joke now. Tendencies but were I was a bit... Ba- I was 10. <laughs> it was back in the day, you know what I mean? It was, yeah, you could get away with me all that back <laughs> in, you know what I mean? But I Bit of context trips. But so you're going to tell us about um, aye. So I'm going to tell uh, about my hero, a, a man who died for a cause. My hero, Osama bin Laden. Getting <laughs> uh, on him, but aye. So trips. Here's a story of Osama bin Laden. Bin Laden killed Hunter's accounts. Getting <laughs> <laughs> on. Uh, so I will ask as well. Like, how much do you two know about Osama bin Laden's past? I know that he, he came from a wealthy family. Right. 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 And, um, and he abandoned it to to fight for something he believed in. I actually, I think history looks quite favourably on us. <laughs> no, no, I don't. But we need. I do you think he is like a he is a guy that was like fuck this mob man. I'm gonna do something about it. Like Che Guevara abandoned being a doctor and all that so that he could help a people. And people say he's bad. I know. I mean, I, Cubans don't like him. Uh, exactly. Like, but, well, when you go out there, but it's like some. Some people heavy like they wear the badges, not. And I, I was like, "That's so the that Viva la Revolution." Like, I'm, I'm fucking man. Really, I, I don't feel like Pali, but I like. I don't know. I think. Um, I I think he's just a guy that believed in something. And are you saying we should cut him some slack? No, I'm not gonna say that. What I will say is, time heals everyone. It's been a while, hasn't it? It's it's been it's. It's been a while. I mean, he's dead. I mean, oh, he suffered he? his punishment. No, well, no batting Osama bin Laden. No, not no yet, anyway. <laughs> no yet. No until I hear this conclusive Aye. fucking... So, troops. So, bin Laden's dad, who is a sort of main hang into sort of how he... Without his dad, none of this would have happened. If you know what I mean, like, the batting that his dad had. So, bin Laden's dad, Mohammed, Mohammed bin Laden... Travelled up to Saudi Arabia just as they were setting up their kingdom in 1932. This was just as the Saudis signed their first oil deal with the West, leaving them extremely wealthy. So that is like Aye, that's the day they won the lottery. Mate. That's real money, bro. Aye, <laughs> so they're loaded now. They're building, um, building this kingdom, and Mohammed bin Laden was hired by the Saudi kingdom to lead the various new mega construction projects within their newfound wealth. The line, bro? Is he on the line? So he was he was line manager. <laughs> <laughs> so he was fucking head. Imagine, like, new, like, imagine in Saudi Arabia, the new, the guy who's, like, in charge of the, the, the royal family's sort of 
Like what, behest, what they, behest. Aye, like what they're up to, what they want to build that, like you're you're in charge of that. But they're doing that the new Saudi Arabia's still building mega structures and mad like that the line thing, have you seen that? It's like the most amazing Aye aye and they've, they've started building it. They've and done, so they've, he's he was a project manager on that, Jesse? Project manager, aye. aye. Um <laughs> assistant project manager. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was the main man, so um and two two of the jobs were like mega important. It was rebuilding the holy sites of Mecca and Medina. So like if you're in charge of that, think like it made him a, a, a an extremely prestigious man. You uh-huh. know what I mean? And obviously very, very wealthy as well. Um on another one of his projects, he met a Yemeni woman by the name of Aliyah. Beautiful name. Just one of his 20 wives. Aye, so 20, aye. he was up to a bit, this guy. He's got some time to catch you up, bro. <laughs> <laughs> 20 wives. Big rookie numbers, bro. Um, so out of this marriage where Aliyah young Osama was born. However, being one of many, many children, one of 53 children by that one guy. Man, is this guy a racehorse? What the fuck? Mate, he's getting that holy power for Medina, man. <laughs> I guess that guy's horse, man, would not be fun. <laughs> I know. I know. Mate. Imagine, I kids the new, like, imagine how stressed you, you get buying Christmas presents. Now you're like, who the fuck would you get for? You start writing it down in your notes, not right? We jolly, he's we. Like, <laughs> fucking hell, man. What's their names again? Mate, I'm going to go to a woman and say, Mohammed bin Laden wasn't buying Christmas presents. <laughs> Probably no, man. Nah, I don't think he was home a lot. So, Why did you just start naming them numbers? Ah, you can, you can imagine getting to like 40 odds and being like, ah, struggling now, man. Those, I know there's me a bit. I Calling them like Meeve and all that. Osama too. <laughs> Osama, you know. You just called them numbers, weren't you? Um, but, so obviously he was one of 53 children, so he did not receive a lot of fatherly, fatherly love or attention. Although he grew up wealthy, his father was always working and rarely spent time with him. And just a few years into Osama's life, the marriage between Muhammad and Aliyah broke down. See, when you're one of 20, it's a rough gig, isn't it? I know, mate. I know. How'd you follow the first 19? I know, I know. High standards. Um, So his father died when he was just 11 years old, crashing when trying to land on a remote airstrip near one of his projects. Osama began to become even more introverted, and more serious than he had previously been. Was he a bundle of lash before that? No, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, he was already quite a shy young man, mm-hmm. and this just made him May I like. even shyer. I think that's about a foreshadowing there. Mm. In a plane crash, that's what I was thinking, like, bro. Oh, oh. Becomes a theme in the young man's life. Full circle. Full circle with Osama. That's the, new po- the new podcast. <laughs> this one's for you, da. Sorry. This one's for you, da. Uh, so, at just 11 years old, he memorised the whole Quran. And I don't know if you've seen the Quran. There's a couple of pages. <laughs> there is a few, mate. Aye. Uh, so, and he took on a heavily religious mindset. But when he was 14, he travelled with some of his siblings to England, where he apparently took a liking to Arsenal Football Club. Shut up, bro. Osama is a gunner. <laughs> <laughs> There's more force you had to him, he's a gunner. <laughs> Tour of, the, tour of the stadium and that. Actual just met Martin Ely. <laughs> I can't believe it. Uh, hashtag Al-Qaeda. Um, so in England, he continued to explore his religion and delve deeper, beginning to have disdain for anyone who did not follow the Quran intensely. So now we're getting to he's mm-hmm. getting a bit. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. he, he went with his brothers 
and his brothers went there and they're obviously all rich as fuck right like mega rich I like beyond like Saudis fucking... because I think like I, I think a lot of people assume he's fair where would you think he was fair Afghanistan I thought he was fair Iraq mate nah Aye, along the same line. Aye, so, so nice. He's Mid. Saudi, but um, well, half Saudi, half uh, Yemeni. Yemeni, aye, for Yemen. Because uh, I, I was like Yemenis, and then that, that sounds that doesn't sound right. Yemen is like close to Yemeni. where the mad like cave was, not. I think. Aye, 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 like close stuff. Aye, um, pardon me. Um, so. Be, so obviously when he moved there his brothers and that were just living mad normal lives but like they were like rich in like London doing whatever they wanted and he didn't know what I did eat and getting booths and that <laughs> oh I mate fucking print works and that <laughs> um, but so so a, a couple of years a, a couple of years after he's in England in 1979 the Soviet Union invaded Afghanistan in support of the Afghan communist government and its conflict with the anti-communist Muslim guerrillas during the Afghan war. This infuriated bin Laden, and he soon began to fund the Arabs who were fighting against the Soviets, known as the Jihads. Mm. So this is when you're starting to hear the words coming mm-hmm. in the Jihads. So he's using po- money. The guy's taking money out of his own pocket Aye. to fund a but, small militia against the Soviets. But he's got big pockets. Aye, he does, mate. He does. He's got very big pockets. So obviously, he's, mad he's, he's, he's a fucking, like, extreme... Muslim, like, so obviously he's going to want to go go and box or defend them at least, do you know what I mean? So, after a few years, Bin Laden could not contain himself anymore and became involved directly in the conflict. So this is him, because at first, like, all he was doing was, he was just a money man, do you know what I mean? Because obviously he's fucking loaded, so he's like, "Ah, I'll buy his weapons, I'll do this, I'll do that, but... He, he made a promise to his ma saying like I'm not going to actually get involved in the actual conflict like go on the front lines basically like, I'm just going to fund it but obviously years go by and he's like ah, I need to get right in about it so this was an extremely dangerous move and the Soviets had already killed over 1 million Afghans out of a population of 16 million that's fucking think mental, how many bro. people that is dying out of that Mate, a million Mate, that's a fifth of our population isn't it? in the context we five million in the context of war that must be very high like percentage wise and aye. one people being killed aye they were, be, mate. they were winning mate <laughs> so he set up base in a mountain range called Zhaji nearby a Soviet base and began to excavate tunnels to build weapons and strategy rooms so he actually set up base near one of their bases mhm which is quite a mad tactic. Yeah, he's going but, up there, he, I bet he's, he clicked on, he knows what he's doing. Uh, but the, the Soviets clicked on and began bombing the mountains, le- leading to a three-week front-line conflict, which Bin Laden was at the forefront of. After three weeks, the Arabs withdrew and a larger Afghan army took over and ceased victory over the Soviets, winning the Battle of Zhaji. Good for them. So Bin Laden and his team are now lauded as Oh, sorry, that's his team. Right, hold on. So Bin Laden is now lauded as a war hero for his part in the battle. And following on from his exploits in Jaji, he set up up a new organisation called The Base, or in Arabic, Al-Qaeda. So he's obviously went and let got a taste of war and like fighting for like what he believes in and that and it's a mad I, and, I mean, and like see at this point bro like it's against the odds man like he's he's, he's a, the underdog mate, I, and see see my tendencies see like the way I think I always go for like 
Like, I'm all, I love underdogs and that. Like, see, the oppressed. I'm always on their side, no matter what, mate. So, see so, what I'm hearing this? I'm aye. like, this guy's class, man. So, are you, would you say officially, you, Jamie Kelly, are Timo Sam at this thing? At this time, 110, mate, right, aye, behind, right him, behind him. Like, he's a guy, he cared about something, he went and he fucking won it against the fucking odds. Do you man. know what I've noticed as well? Look at, looking into this, right? No, I'm not defending. So, <laughs> as we have many times up to this point. <laughs> but, you start going, I kind of get it. Aye, mate, he's, he's a religious like, man. You understand why it led to that. Whereas, like, I feel like the media, I mean, obviously 9-11, terrible, right? Not a good... Is that your official statement? Rayleigh's got an official opinion on uh, 9-11. It was terrible, right? But the the media just put a picture of him up and go, evil, this is evil. He, he, like, as if the whole thing was up, like unprovoked almost aye. as if there's no reason he done this other than to just be evil aye. You know what I mean? mate it's the same I know I'm going right after our topic but it's the same with like ISIS and that like aye. the new it's like fucking Obama ordered like what 250 drone strikes in Syria and killed hundreds of innocent aye. people and that and you're like see if that was happening here I'd mm. fucking do you know what I mean I see if you're growing aye. up like see they can't tell they're they're fucking evil aye. and they've just killed a million out of 16 millionaires like what are we gonna do about it Mate, you'd be fucking fu- I'd be raging it sort of <laughs> it sort of reminds me of this have you seen the Mitchell and Webb look sketch like are we the bad guys now aye are we, and, are, are we and it's the like, baddies it's aye. like the, na- the, the Nazis and they're like why do we have skulls on our logo no, like, it's all that shit it's like, like are obviously, we the baddies aye, aye. <laughs> uh, but I, I mean it's always there's, there's two sides to every story <laughs> <laughs> which you don't get told about bro. no but you don't you actually don't get told their side it you just go oh he's an evil man aye um, which was obviously behind my thinking but when I was 10 see be fair I'm sure if and and like if you're in Yemen when you're like 8 you don't get taught about no. the, the American side or the West no, side that, that's, like, that's, and that's why history is written by the victors bro that's it mate that's it so he starts Al-Qaeda begins to recruit members and he wants to take it like all over Asia like going <laughs> like tour, tour. Go, like going tour basically <laughs> right <clears throat> um he wants to go on tour with Al-Qaeda, right? So he's he's trying to recruit everybody for everywhere. But in 1990, Saddam Hussein, the leader of Iraq, invades Kuwait with the fourth, fourth biggest military in Asia at the time. So they were like a proper good outfit, as Sean Dyche would say. Aye, I mean, yep, yep, they yep. were a real, a real outfit. Aye, a good real, attack, good in the defence. Like, a aye. real balanced team. Um, so Osama then goes to the Saudi government and lays out a plan to fight Saddam's arm, Saddam's army with his group, because like Kuwait is like sort of in bed with Saudi Arabia. I think it's like maybe a bit of the kingdom or something. Right, or like the, yeah, yeah. So obviously he's invaded it. So he's like, ah, here, fucking, I'll back you up. I'll, I've got a mad group, mate. <laughs> we just came back for a tour. Have you heard um, <laughs> We just came back for a tour. Like we are ready to go and fight against this, right? Um. And he's basically like laughed out the room by the the Saudis, and the Saudis instead recruit the Americans to like fight, uh, like send them soldiers to fight the battle for them. Mm-hmm. So like they they basically like bought America's military to come in and sort sort the mm-hmm. sort the sort of shit out, you know. So um, at this point, he's still seen as just being like a money guy. He's no seen as like a mad war strategist. Like mm-hmm. he's no trusted in that sort of light. It's mm-hmm. just like, oh, you're loaded. Like, you can fund armies, but you can't lead one. Yeah, yeah, he's just got money. He's just got his dad's money. <laughs> dad, daddy's money. Yeah, I mean, his dad said it was a power of prop, man. <laughs> uh, so, he's basically laughed out the room. 
and he's now outraged, especially with the introduction of US soldiers. He feels he's not been taken seriously and feels totally undermined by the decisions of the hierarchy in Saudi Arabia and Afghanistan. In 1991, a member of Al-Qaeda poses to bin Laden that they assassinate the Afghan king who is visiting Rome to like send a, a sort of, like, we are actual about this, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, we can get shit done. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, uh, uh, Afghanistan and Saudi Arabia obviously had, like, good relations. Uh, bin Laden approves the hit, and the hitman heads to Rome posing as a journalist. The attempted hit is a failure, and the knife that would be used to stab the king deflects off a packet of snout in his pocket, leaving him injured but not dead. The Saudi <laughs> government then make the decision to exile Bin Laden, seeing him as too much of a liability. Because he's just... He's, he's, just, co- <laughs> he's just causing shit, and they're like, ah, you are actual jailbait, mate. <laughs> you're like, like you're yeah, going to get us into some shit. Like, and, which, and you've got to think about this for like, his point of view. Like, he was basically a part... Like, Kind of a part of their royal family, mm-hmm. and he's he's actually they've actually told him you're actual back you you need to get out of here and you're not allowed back. Mm-hmm. So think about who his dad is there and that. It's like Aye. he's a mad big deal. There. Do you know if his dad was still alive at that? No, point? No, no, he's dead. His dad died. Oh, he's alive. So, I, uh, so what, he's not got his back. Now. What's now? Is it is it club or something? Big it was the man cigarettes, so it was in a man metal tin or something. Aye, Aye. so Aye. It deflected it deflected off that and he didn't die. Embarrassing, bro. I know. And then the hitman like. Could go to jail till like ten years, which I thought was like a bit light. Like, aye, I mean, the king. The nude Imagine be... trying to kill like King Charles. Ah, you'd be. I was about to say. I was about to say Boris Johnson or something. <laughs> king Boris. Man. We actually have royal family here. <laughs> I imagine that you wouldn't get any on the other can. Nah, I've tried. But you fuck. Um, but Gina Bennett. Uh, are you <laughs> 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 Gina Bennett for um, Coat Bridge at this time was obviously getting really worried uh, sitting in the house and that smoking a powder green my uh, Gina right? <laughs> no so Gina Bennett is a US intelligence officer and she she was one of a few people who be, started beginning to voice concern over Bin Laden and the after effects of the war between the Soviets and Afghanistan Many of the men sent to war in Afghanistan from neighbouring countries had returned home and remained mentally in a state of war. They were extremely violent men who were joining extremist groups, which were beginning to grow rapidly. But her concerns fell on deaf ears by her peers, claiming she was making a mountain out of a molehill. Oh my god, bro. <laughs> oh, shut up, you're Mate, para, man. Imagine doing that for ages and then getting up and just being like, right, you so see. <laughs> and when it happens, just like, I mean, I'm not happy about it, but oh, I did tell you. <laughs> so I did tell you. <laughs> I'm, well. Don't say I didn't want you. So, I mean, that's crazy, man. Like, because she's obviously, she was monitoring the situation as in, like, these groups are forming, right? They're all growing in size. They're all plotting attacks everywhere, right? They're all very angry. And they're all raging. <laughs> um, and, and she's like, how is this going to naturally stop without intervention for somebody? Do you know what I mean? Like, they're just going to keep growing mm-hmm. and something bad's going to happen at the end of this. Do you know right. what I mean? So, because they're, um, I forget what you call it, when a group is like... Uh, expansionists or something so it's like it's they keep going do you know what I mean it's kind of like the uh, Scientologist or something do you know what I mean like uh, their their model is like we need these people like we need everybody being their side there's no like Oh I, oh, I know you're into that, but I'm into this. No, I mean, it's Aye. like, we are into this. Aye, like, heavy into <laughs> And if you don't know any of <laughs> <it's>, Yeah. <laughs> fucking demon. I would just, I would just join, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I, so he keeps sort of 
plotting and that. And she, so the US knew about him in some form. They knew about him and sort of what the other groups at this time were all up to and plotting and shit, but they just didn't date anything about it because they were like, nothing's going to happen there, miles away, you know what I mean? So do you know what kind of year this is? A run about? Um, so this is... So, uh, maybe 1992, 93. Oh. Um, Brit- no, Pop's kicking aye. off, like, aye, like aye. fucking sh- Devil Wears Pradas in the Nirvana, box Nirvana's <laughs> at their height, innit? Um, <laughs> which Bin Laden, lot. obviously, is, was a big Nirvana fan. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bin Laden, banned from Saudi Arabia, chooses Sudan as his next location. Sudan's leader was an extreme Islamist and was offering refuge for various Islamic extremist groups. He, he grows a close relationship with the leader of Sudan, investing over $26 million into the country. So he's just still got He's just pumping bro. money in. Like, I take that, man. Let's let us stay here. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> That's it's rent, like, bro. It's like when you're in a gaff at like eight in the morning and like the cunt's got to chuck you out and you're like, ah, maybe up the show, you know, we'll buy you, we'll buy you a booze, uh, man. I'll, I'll, get, I'll get the gear in. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, sound in. <laughs> so, um, and in return for this, Bin Laden is given one million acres of land where he sets up camps to train radicalised fighters so I thought this was heavy interesting because I think you always think like how does this shit all just start know what Aye. I mean how do they get all these facilities to like train and the weapons and Aye. but I then mean, I, I always thought Osama Bin Laden was just like in like 1998 he was like I've had enough of this and he just went and that was it the nah. start mate I didn't know this nah. was this but it's I, I'm not like it's similar to when we do serial killers or cult mem- like cult leaders Aye. and stuff, and it's like you can pure see the mad path. Of oh, like- you, that's what I'm saying. You can actually see it. And this next bit, this just sums it up perfectly. So he's given, obviously, all this land. In the next few years, Bin Laden continues to grow Al-Qaeda. But in 1996, things start to go downhill. The, lead, the leader of Sudan, Hassan al-Turabi, makes the decision to banish Bin Laden from the country. So he's fucking getting papped to another country he's, here, right? He spent the 26 million. <laughs> Aye. And like, this is a thing, obviously, because he was investing so much money, he he grew a mad close relationship with that leader. Like, he, Bin Laden looked at, so like, now how you would think, but Bin Laden probably sees himself as like, I'm the leader of the Muslims and I'll sort everything out. Mm-hmm. He looked at, Al Turabi like that like okay. that was the guy for him he's like this is the leader of the Muslims this guy's gonna sort the world out for us like mm-hmm. that was and he was like a father figure see because obviously he was investing so much money the relationship they had was mad do you know what I mean um, so the man who became a father figure to Bin Laden had begun to feel too much political pressure as Bin Laden's activities became known to the West several attacks had been linked to him including the 1993 World Trade Centre bombing which I didn't know. I didn't really know about this. That it got there was a like attack. I didn't know. That. I so there was like a bombing at the bottom floor or something. Like they or they planted bombs in cars, right? Right, and it was like so there, there had been a bombing there before before aye. the actual before nine eleven. So it's how you a practice run up. Aye, so they got a good they got a warm up. Know aye, what I mean? Aye, but aye. he had been linked to that, and then there was another thing about how there was like a US military plane had been shot down gone air Somalia and he had he was the one that like trained them so everything there was like all sorts been linked to him and then the, the leader of Sudan thinking we're, going, we're fucked well, if we don't get this the, U, the US tell Al-Turabi if they don't exile Bin Laden they'll put Sudan on the international sponsors of terror list <laughs> which 
next to the sex offenders list is probably one of the worst lists you can be one on. Of the, one of the worst lists, bro. 100%. You don't want to be on that list. Next to, like, Smelly's Breath list. Schindler's list. Oh, no, wait, that was, like, a good list, wasn't it? Ah, yeah, that, that was, was a good list. A good that, turned, that turned out well. Aye, what do they have next? Aye, Schindler, and Schindler's part two. <laughs> um, so, obviously, he's like, ah, fuck that. Like, he's trying to... He's trying to get wealth in to grow Sudan as a country. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? He's obviously like, that fucks you up. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, nobody's going to go there. Aye. Do you know what I mean? The, the, nobody's going to have deals with them, like trade deals and that. Aye, so it's aye. like, look, they'd be fucked. It, everybody would starve and all that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not as if they can, like, it's a mad, fruitful place. They can go live off themselves as well. Always, like, he had to do it, mm-hmm. you know? Aye, he did no sort of option. Mm-hmm. So Bin, Bin Laden is now beginning to reach breaking point. The US had now twice been chosen over him by two countries that he adored. Aye. So if you think like the first time, obviously that he went to Saudi Arabia, he's like, I'll fight this war for you, Zach and Dayton and all that. And they're like, ah, nah, you can't. US, get the US Aye. in. So he's already getting this mad hatred for them. And then they're forcing him out of that country. And it's the Americans that are behind it. Aye. So he moves back to Afghanistan and begins plotting against America with a vengeance. Bro. This is like late 90s, and then I'm sure we know what happened after that. I (laughs) I wonder what happened after that, I know. So years, obviously, years go by, and he's he's in Afghanistan, he's grown Al-Qaeda, he's plotting, how the fuck can I get these bastards back? These cunts have made a cunt of me too many times. Aye, I need to do something about this. And he did did do something about it. See, I thought it was like, see the way it's painted in Western media and all, it's all about like, they just hate, hate the the way of life the way of life but it, it sounds like it was other things and all it was like it was they, personal they, they flung the first punch and aye, aye. So, it's, uh, that's how you do obviously you're like he shouldn't have done that but you see the mad side that they come from well you see how their mind went to like i need fucking i know i know but it's fucking uh, he, he maybe took it a bit far aye i took it a wee bit too far but and the same thing, right? So I was um I was in a show the other day, I told you about this, right? <laughs> I was in a show the other day, Jamie, right? And um I got talking to the the guy that owned the shop, right? And he was like uh, Indian off of Pakistan or Afghanistan or something, right? And um I didn't ask, is what I'm saying, but visibly was, right? And uh, he ended up saying to me he was talking and I was buying tackies, right? And he was like no good the accent or right? and he was like, How how uh, where are you from? And I was like, Glasgow, and he was like, Are you born there? Uh, no, he said, uh, how much are tackies and shops in Glasgow? And I was like, mate, some of them are like six quid and that. Like mad American candy stores. And he was like, are you born and raised here? I was like, yeah. And he's like, are you uh, raised uh, Christian, Protestant, Catholic? And I was like, uh, Catholic. <laughs> and he was feeling like... Uh, and then he was like, I think that um, you always see in the news that um, Islamic State is uh, mind wa- uh, uh, brainwashing people and stuff. And he was like, but I think here is also brainwashed because... Instead of praying to Allah, you pray to things like this. And it was pure gone into it, mate. And it was heavy, like... But I ended up talking to him. I was saying to Evan, I ended up talking to him for, like, 20 minutes, mate. We were talking about Marxist theorem. No, it was good. It was heavy good. But he was talking to me as if, like... Like, the the way he was brought up was, like... Uh, for this higher power. And it was, like, uh, that was ingrained into uh, his mind. And then coming here, he was talking about, like... It was, like, and I am... I, he's, like, I'm just a slave to, like... Cadbury's and Coca-Cola now I sell their products and that and it did make me actual hint like what would it have been like being somebody that was raised in a place that was extremist do you know what I mean because like that's all you know well you're not going to be like ah nah this is all wrong all yous no yous have got it wrong you're going to be like ah 
Giz i Chelsea, man. Giz at AK. Who's on the second half? Aye, but that's what I mean. Because I was saying that Bin Laden didn't. I was going to say Bin Laden wouldn't have known about like fucking room service and like, do you know what I mean? Cheeseburgers and that, but he probably did. Aye, he enjoyed it for a bit and then he fucked it. Aye, for me. But then obviously we know what happened next trip. So instead of us explaining what happened that day, September 11th, We've got a wee documentary we're going to watch along with you, right? So, um, Jamie will just get it up now. Troops, Molly's Meals, they're back again with a new menu for this month. So let me just run through it quickly for you. They have Nando's Chicken, Spicy Rice, Peas and Halloumi, which is a £1 supplement extra, but it's definitely worth it because she gives me it and I fucking love it. The Naked Burger, Potatoes and Veg, Chicken Fried Rice, with a side of curry sauce, chicken and chorizo jambalaya, which is the fucking best one ever, sweet chili prawns, rice and veg, red pa- pa- red pesto, halloumi pasta, and uh, that's vegetarian. Uh, for breakfast meals this month, she's got the biscoff overnight oats, strawberry- strawberries and cream protein oats, which have not been on it, so I need to try them. Ham and cheese egg McMuff- McMuffins, no sorry, that's copyright, and we can't say that, just muffins, healthy fry up, and then she's got all the main meals that I read out in high protein. Um, so if you don't know about Molly's meals, I'll tell you about it briefly. So Molly's preparing meals, um, which is insane. She is preparing them so that you can stay in shape for this summer. So it is the best, hands down, the best meal prep I've ever used. No word of a lie I've used probably, I would honestly say about five or six in this city of ours. And um, yeah, it's the best. So get in touch with her, and with Riley's gaff, you're going to get two free breakfast items. So you need to order five meals, which will do you Monday to Friday, or wherever you, whenever you want to eat them. Five meals is the minimum order, and then once you're ordering them, message her saying, i seen you on Riley's gaff, can I get the Biscoff Overnight Oats and the Strawberries and Cream Protein Oats, for example. Um, and to order, all you do is message her on Instagram, at Molly's Meal Preps. On Instagram, you'll see all the menus there. You'll see all the reviews and stuff. All the lovely stuff. Molly knows what she's doing, Troops. Stay healthy this summer, guys. Cheers. Manscaped. Manscaped. They are shaving pubes. Well, they're no shaving them. You're going to need to shave them. But they'll send you the kit for it. No, Manscaped have been sponsoring us for a while. We're very grateful. And, uh, yeah, their kit changed my balls' lives. Um... Honestly, my balls have thanked me every single day that I've got up. You know, I just feel more aerodynamic, more fresh, more clean. And you can feel like that too. So they've got the Lawnmower 4.0, which is skin safe technology. It's designed not to nick. And you don't want to nick in your balls. There's other places you'd take a nick. I'd take one in the forearm. Hell, I'll even take one in the collarbone before I take a nick in the balls. So they're looking after you there. It's waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. It's got a wee light on it. Fantastic. Um, if you order the package, then you're going to get that. You're going to get a nose and ear trimmer, the weed whacker. You're going to get ball toner, ball deodorant, mats, so that you can shave outside of the shower and it catches all the hair. Troops, it's fantastic. They're going to throw a travel bag in as well. And much, much more. So, if you want to be fresh this summer, pube free, www.manscaped.com forward slash Riley's Gaff and get 20% off and free worldwide shipping. So if you're listening to this anywhere on the globe, you're going to get free shipping. So 
Go get that deal, troops. That's twenty percent off. Code Riley's Gaff. Cheers. Keep subtitles on. Aye. I like subtitles. I'm just hanging from. On a perfect, almost achingly beautiful late summer morning in early September 2001, a day of seemingly infinite visibility, one man later said, characterized by the rare and exquisite flying conditions airline pilots call severe clear. Life in New York and much of the rest of the contemporary world was changed irrevocably in the space of less than two hours. In my years in the um, in New York, there's obviously nothing like it. Nothing comes close. As a newspaper man, I've seen other horrors, wars, and the earthquake in Mexico in '85, which killed 20,000 people. Uh, but that was an act of, of nature, not of man. The combination of the death, the spectacular event of the two skyscrapers collapsing. And the motivations behind it, all those things, I think, made this something that just struck a knife right into the heart of every New Yorker, knowing that we'd never be able to look at our city the same way again. First of all, it's a surprise. Doesn't he look real, doesn't it? At the center of this powerful nation, which has not been attacked on its own shores or its own land by a foreign power in almost 200 years. So that's a new thing. Secondly, the public focus on this. Never in the history of the world had there been anything even close. There's not really a second place. The second place would probably be the assassination of President Kennedy. You know, a world event where the world is focused on that story, but nothing like this where it's seen so instantaneously as it place, happens. I thought, no I mean, he's not talking, he's talking event-wise, mm-hmm. no conspiracy-wise. In a little less this is a bigger hours, event, but... With an almost poetically horrifying symmetry. The symbols and instruments of the city's uniquely air-minded culture and of globalization itself. Skyscrapers, jets, and the mass media would be turned back against themselves with a devastatingly lethal impact and effect. We were utterly struck by by the, the fact that nothing here fit with any prior experience. I mean, uh, of course, Jamie, people were talking up? about how it looked like something see like <clears throat> the way they're talking right it's like mm. see disasters like this and it's fucking horrible right but like that they are so common for like the middle east by like america and that i know uh, like the reason this is so shocking is because it's like what they're fighting back aye. at our bit like that's only might be happening air there do you know what i mean aye, like that, you, you just associate bombings with like Middle East and aye. Oh, aye, that's just the start, the standard button. Aye, that's what it's like. No, I mean, so the reason it's so shocking is because it's like because it's said, America. It's never because it's America. Aye, aye, but aye, sorry. Do you think it's weird? Because I was thinking, see, we seen that first shot for like the grun. It's purely surreal. Mm. You know what I mean? Like that makes it pure real when you see somebody looking up at it. Aye. Do you think it's weird how they seen that and then never thought maybe we shouldn't bomb cunts? 
Maybe it's quite aye. bad. They're like, ah, aye. we need bigger bombs. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> we need drones. We need things that aye. we don't need pilots. You know what I mean? Well, that's the thing, though, just before you start it again, like, that's the thing, like, see if you hear anybody for the CIA or talk, something talk, they're like, there's no one option for us no to do this because they're going to do it anyway. Like, China, Russia, they're going to do shit to us that we don't want to do back, but, like, we need to do it back because... They do want it, but, mate, it's, Aye, it's just human greed, man. That's, like, what causes all this shit. It's, like, no matter... Like, uh, see, like, Lenin, like, Lenin and Trotsky, Aye. like, he said, like... Uh, this is not what I wanted, the deification of one man. He's like, this isn't it what it's about, because everybody was like, oh, let it be. I think it was him, or it was another communist, but it's like, that's how it will be. Like, there's always going to be, like, the way your heads work, there's always going to be a guy at the top. We need, we need a leader, like they, Kevin Tanzania. Exactly, they just, bro. They just need a leader. Teachers. It doesn't matter me. what you say, you just need to say things. <laughs> exactly, uh, but then it's like, if you've got somebody that's at the fucking tap, and I know in America it's like, CIA and Homeland Security and all these different kind of fucking factions, but it's like if you do have a mad hierarchy, cunts they get greedy and like any like doesn't matter if you're Islamic or fucking communist or fucking Scottish or whatever. Do you know what I mean? You're gonna get cunts that will just want mere and mere. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just a way of life. I think this fucking shit. But anyway, sorry to be depressing. Disaster movie. We could only think in terms of life imitating art because we had no other thing to compare it to. So uh, people went to the movies and, and compared it. Around 8.45 a.m. on the morning of September 11th, 2001, people along the west side of Manhattan heard the piercing whine of a jet plane moving south down the Hudson. Everything about its trajectory was wrong. Heading south along an airway normally reserved for northbound traffic, it was moving much too fast and much too close to the ground, nearly 500 miles per hour at an altitude of just 900 feet, more than twice the speed permitted for aircraft that low. It took less than 90 seconds for American Airlines Flight 11 to hurdle the entire length of Manhattan Island. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? A little after 8.46 a.m., the huge 137-ton Boeing 767, measuring more than half a football field in length from wingtip to wingtip and carrying more than 9,000 gallons of highly inflammable jet fuel, flashed across the final 20 blocks from Canal Street to the World Trade Center and tore through the north wall of the North Tower between the 94th and 98th floors. instantly killing everyone on board and wreaking incomprehensible carnage across five full floors of the building. Witnesses on the upper floors of the South Tower were stunned to see a wall of flame burst through the south windows of Tower 1, 130 feet away, followed by a shower of disintegrating desks, files, furniture, computer terminals, airplane parts, and burning bodies. If you were just below where the plane hit, your ceilings fell, you saw the glint of the plane going overhead, there's an overwhelming feeling of terror, and you were probably knocked off your feet. And of course, if you were in the zone itself, you may have died instantly, but even very close, and this is very tragic, very close to the regions of impact, there were people who lived for long minutes as they sought refuge from uh, you know, the building flames, the tremendous heat, 
couple of them even were able to phone. And then often in that region, their lives never existed in the fire or it was a projection. A hologram tower. That airplane straddled several floors, um, and it, it delivered a hell of a punch. The building swayed. We know that when that punch was delivered, the, the swaying took the form of waves that ran vertically up and down the building multiple times, sort of echoing up and down the building. And really the incredible thing is considering the speed with which those airplanes were flying, enormous weight, enormous speed. Rather than decapitating the buildings or pushing them over, the buildings absorbed the impact entirely. They took the hit and they stood. I was heading for the Holland Tunnel, which has a four-block concourse, if you want to call it, leading to the toll booth. And as I turned into the first of those four blocks and I looked up, I said, oh my God, there was a hole in tower number one. And my first thought was, can't be a helicopter, the hole's too big. And the second was, my God, it can't be a commercial plane because they're instructed to fly into the river if they have problems, I knew that. By 8.55, an army of firemen, police officers, emergency medical personnel, and government officials, including the mayor himself, had begun to descend that on... Giuliani? Um, with an army looks like him. I don't think it is, but... I is, I mean, is him. Fuck. As the machinery of the largest media apparatus in the world began to focus on the 16-acre site. At 9.02 a.m., little more than 15 minutes after the attack, Millions of people in the metropolitan region and tens man, of millions mad, more across the country and around the world were staring intently at the smoldering skyline of Lower Manhattan when a dark shape appeared on the horizon above the New Jersey lowlands and came hurtling across the upper bay. I got out of my car. Other people did. And suddenly I saw plane number two coming from the south over the Statue of Liberty going very fast, they say between 500 and 600 miles an hour. And I saw it smash into the south wall of number two on an oblique angle. I saw this big wolf thing. And the nose came out. Looks fake, doesn't it? It does look fake, bro. Those are special effects. Probably is. First reaction, like, God, there's poor people because they're going to wipe out all the staircases and all the sprinkler systems. That airplane just went sliced right through and power such a big plane at that speed. And for a moment, an incredible sadness for the people there and then an incredible anger feeling that somebody had deliberately, deliberately rammed into those towers and those poor innocent people that were in there. I was at the Tweed Courthouse on Chambers Street, right behind City Hall. I grabbed a notebook and ran to the street in time to see the second one hit. Um, I knew right away, obviously, it was terrorism. This amazing fireball that came roaring towards Broadway. And people on the street corner just going, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. Uh, that expression must have been uttered like 10 million times that day. Just astonishment at what they were looking at. 
We know that when the airplanes hit, there was a, an instantaneous release of energy in the form of fuel vaporized that caught on fire. There was fire instantaneously across multiple floors. That fire, which was a kerosene fire, jet fuel fire, burned very hot, but it also burned very fast. We're talking three to five minutes. But what it did is it ignited a simultaneous office fire in both cases across multiple floors. An office fire the like of which had not been imagined before. In all cases, an office fire is many things burning, partitions, carpets in particular, computer cases, but paper, mostly paper. And if you look at the dynamics of the collapse, what you find is that in both cases, it was the paper fire that was sustained long enough because of the amount of paper in there to uh, cause the steel to weaken. Fucking see it all. You see all the cases. I mean, paper on that day was a constant presence. It rained down on the city as if in mockery. Because if you think this is kind of everything would have been printed, you'd have been loving it, mate. I know, bro. Get a laptop today, man. Take me back. The second plane had struck the South Tower at 9.02.54 a.m., just 16 minutes after the first plane went in. By then, the first teams of firemen and rescue workers had already arrived at the foot of the North Tower, where they were greeted by a scene of horror and devastation that defied the imagination. If you picked up a bit of that paper, you could sell it. On the Austin Tobin, people buy like soaks that have been spunked in, mate. Somebody's going to buy that. Fallen from the upper floors of the building. And the charred remains of passengers from Flight 11, some still belted into their seats. Far above, meanwhile, in the upper reaches of the towers themselves, the gaping black holes where the planes had gone in marked a stark dividing line between life and death. In the North Tower, the plane struck at the center and also struck much higher up. And because it struck at the center, the fuel immediately went down the shafts and created a much broader fire. The flames were much more intense. Imagine the number of that. floors that were available to move up and down were many fewer. So what happened was people were breaking windows in the North Tower, desperate to get air. And there was no place to go because there were no stairwells that were open up and down. People were stacked four or five on top of each other at the broken windows, desperate to breathe. And other people were, were hanging on to each other across the, the steel columns from window to window, hanging out of the windows, desperate to breathe. And just you know, grasping each other to keep hold of the building. That would have been terrifying. So terrifying, bro. You know, you have no options. One of the most None. horrific scenes in the history of the nation took place <laughs> a thousand feet above Lower Manhattan, and it took the lives of people who were staring down at safety. You know, at the most populous city in the nation, civilization at its peak. But they didn't have anywhere to get there, and there's really, there's really few words to describe how terrible that must have been. That's what I would do. Jen, I can't do that. Burning, mate. Like, fuck burning alive. Or, or, like, nobody able to breathe. Mate, but that's what they said. I, I, I watched the thing and it was like, the myth is that you do, but 
they weren't up high enough to, for that to happen, so they would have felt the impact. Like they've only gone fast enough where your body just shuts down. By 9.30, ordinary life had all but ceased across the city, as millions of New Yorkers and hundreds of millions more around the world looked on in shock and disbelief at the nightmarish images unfolding in real time on TV. Do you remember this happened? Kinda. I was three. In a few minutes. Okay, I was like four, so they, five. They may start getting worse. Had it, had it, but but at one time you say, well, this is what they are. But this was something that started getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. At 9.38, word came that terrorists had commandeered a third jetliner and crashed it into the Pentagon, killing everyone on board and 126 people on the ground. And not long after, that a fourth plane had crashed into a hillside in rural Pennsylvania, brought down by some of its own heroic passengers before it could reach its intended target in the nation's capital. I read about that, mate. It was like a guy. A guy fucking on that flight. He's like, ah, troops, we are no going to live here no matter what. And these guys are trying to kill thousands of other people. So we are going to need to all fucking rise up and fucking take control of for America, basically. And just like... Turned it into like grass, like the overpowered them Aye. and fucking just turned it into a mad hill. So then he kill more people. Instead of go to the capital, Aye. it's like a mad patriotic act. Know what I mean? Like I, I thought that was mad. That imagine being like, right, I'm gonna die no matter what here. So that takes a mad crazy mindset to be able to like rationalise things like I'm that. I'm sure the guy that done the guy that was like initiating it was like a mad. It was something to the, like something that I, I forget now because it was a wee while ago I read it, but it was like he was. Um, it was like, oh, that's why. It had a background in M- something. Military, something, aye, something aye, like that, aye, mate. Aye. Like panic situations. Aye, of. and it had a steady heat for it. See, talking about that, I don't know if you've gone into your research, but do you know what they had on the planes? Because I, I don't... Like, did they have guns? Did they have knives? The aye, aye, they were holding them at knife point in that. Aye, aye. This is the, the reason that planes are so hard to fucking get on now with a fucking lighter or something is like because of this, innit? Aye, literally directly because of this. Aye. And they came on and said that the Federal Aviation Administration ordered all air traffic in the United States to be grounded. I knew that had never happened before. You know, there are tens of thousands of planes in the United States at any one time. And to say, they have to land now. What hit me was that this is really beyond whatever I had thought. On a morning of hideous surprises, already without precedent in the city's history, something happened that no one had ever thought possible before. Something beyond comprehension. Something that had never happened in the history of tall buildings since the first skyscrapers had gone up at the foot of Manhattan over a century before. High up in both towers, the raging fires were now generating three to five times the heat of a nuclear power plant and the interior temperature had soared in places to nearly 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit. At 9.58 a.m., having withstood the ferocious heat of the inferno within for nearly an hour, the floor trusses on the 80th floor of the South Tower began to give way. Columns along the east wall began to buckle upwards, and the entire building began to come down. (laughs) 
as the quarter-mile-tall structure dissolved into a massive shroud of smoke and dust. Thousands of people in the surrounding streets began to cry out in horror and disbelief. Then ran for their lives, pursued by an enormous billowing cloud oh, of dust man. and debris. I've never seen anything like that. Have you ever seen the video of like the guy on the street that gets pulled into the shop when this happens? I, and the and the smoke goes. R- aye, they him because he doesn't know what's happening. Aye. And they're like, get in, get in. I was got to show you something. Like, I have seen that, mate. It's mad. It's mad cause it looks like a tidal wave or something, man. Like it's such a. I was about to say iconic, but you know what I mean. Like, see that, like that disaster, that big wave or something coming towards. Just a pure. Uh, you can't like even comprehend the power of that. Know what I mean? Aye. It's just like. What the fuck Aye, am I looking at? Exactly, mate. But it's so weird how, like, they were talking about, like, how life imitates art. Like, mad Final Destination shit. That's what it looks like. Like, something chasing, like, a volcano coming behind you and you're, like, running and all that. But that's actually, that was happening to just, like, mad coffee shop workers, Aye. mate, and receptionists and just normal people in, in the street. Know what I mean? It's fucking... It's insane, mate. Horrible. It never occurred to me that these two buildings would come down. So that when they did, it was the most shocking moment. Maybe they never had. That the South Tower began to tip forward and then righted itself and came down in what in memory seems like a slow motion moment. It happened in 10 seconds. See, when you see that smoke for the air, it looks like uh, it's gone so slow. But see, when you see it on the ground, mate, it's like... It's like the size of it. It's like it's moving slow, but it's so big that it's the the land it's taking up. And like settings. Aye. It's all-encompassing, man. Aye, aye. Knockout in boxing. The whole thing came down. It's just, to, to me, still, it's a staggering moment in, in, uh, in New York, in any history, in, in world history, for a place that uh, had never had anything like that happen to it ever before. The Empire State Building didn't come down. You couldn't, 93, the 4,000 pound bomb goes off in the basement, doesn't come down. This time again. That's the one I was talking about, I- this time they figured it out. And I thought, oh, Mate, do you think um, Al-Qaeda were Something watching this? Like, it was a mad like, football game, or uh, celebrating and all that. Mate, this is like... And if you think, right, obviously the, the thinking behind this is the, the lives that they'll end, right? They're like... That's obviously Al-Qaeda's thinking, but we want to kill as many people as we can. But it's also like the symbolism of where they attacked. It's like... These two big towers in New York, like the World Trade Center, like it's like we've took down your like and them trying to fly into the Pentagon and that it's Aye. like the symbolism behind it, like we are taking yous down because that like embodies and America. It's the same way, like any mad like loose mad militia. It's like right if if like the, you want. <laughs> I'm saying this as if it's like a good thing, but they want to make a mad statement. They're like mm-hmm. right. 
if 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 you're gonna keep fucking doing this to us, if blah blah back and forward, then like um, it's awful on our shows. It's like we're gonna do something to you. Like uh, it's it's a shocking thing, not I mean, uh, and that's like how it is. We even as as low down and the scale is like protests. It's like protests are maybe shocking. It's maybe like uh, riots and that. Oh, what the like fuck a, is going it's on? Like attention. It's uh, like it's getting like fucking. It's listen. like finally getting like respect and attention. That's uh, what At 10.28 a.m., 30 minutes after the South Tower fell, the television antenna atop the North Tower began to give way, followed a fraction of a second later by the upper floors of the building itself, as the entire North Tower now came down to. And there was a release of heat that was... Could we to hear, like, news reporters be that? Absolutely so good. Aye, but some things happen, aye, because they're, like, the ultimate, like, we need to stay composed and just neutral it, aye. Mm-hmm. Off the scale, fires ignited. Crushing and tearing was going on. And chaos, mostly just chaos, on some mathematical level was happening. You can't even describe it physically because it was too big, too chaotic. It was a cataclysmic release. And it released back into the city in 10 seconds in each case. The surprising thing to me has always been how concentrated it was. They came straight down as if they were aimed directly at their foundations. And uh, of course, anything that was directly underneath no longer existed afterward. The so-called bathtub that ran six floors underground below street absorbed the brunt of the energy. Uh, inside that bathtub during those twin 10 second pulses what was really happening nobody can even imagine we know what the results were the results were we were grappling with results inside that hole for the following nine months um, where in a sense probably we'll be grappling with the results for years to come they're still finding shit there do you know that I was upstate New York when I uh, <laughs> oh, heard of uh, the towers being destroyed like, pause it now so see after obviously after it fell um, they're trying to build like a the museum the museum for 9-11 ground zero aye aye Aye. and every time they tried to like open it they'd find something else so they had to shut it and get a new investigation and it ended up taking like 10 years do you know what I mean for them he just kept finding oh there's an arm or we need to identify this person now they kept having to like do it and then stop and be like fuck and Aye. Did they get like, um, what do you call it, like when you excavate and like, do you know how like, aye. like ancient runes and that? Aye. Is it like that? Can aye, I aye. It's that? like, aye. What, what even is this that might aye. be a person? Fuck, man, it's horrible, isn't it? I know. Of me was not believing it. It was a very strange uh, blend of feelings. Is this my feelings. French um, It's always a French guy, man. The sorrow, the horror at uh, witnessing uh, human life being obliterated uh, for no reason like that this is the and I felt poem. something beyond words I felt almost in a life part of me being squeezed to nothing being extracted an evisceration almost it's an interesting question when you saw those two giant towers collapse almost cleanly on themselves where did they go I have read in some architecture uh, article that uh, they were made mostly of air, 
if you consider the space between the solid molecules, the steel, the concrete, the glass, the aluminum, there was a lot of air, it was mostly air actually, and uh, they disappeared and it's, uh, where did they go was part of the, the disbelief that I was feeling because how you can make 200,000 tons of steel disappear, uh, it's unbelievable. In the end, the half million tons of concrete, steel, glass, and aluminum in each tower had hurtled to the ground in a virtual freefall, traveling at a speed of 125 miles an hour. Shock waves from the twin impacts were picked up more than 40 miles away by seismic instruments used for monitoring earthquakes. The immense columns of rubble and dust drifting away from ground zero could be clearly seen from outer space. I, I have to tell you, I didn't know whether the buildings were empty or whether there were tens of thousands of people in them. I, I just had no idea. And I was, I was totally devastated by the fact that all those people were in there and this building that I had designed was perhaps falling on them. The buildings were not so important to me. I, I'm good at buildings, but people are another matter. It was a terrible event. Wasn't it your fault, bro? Engineer. I don't think you can measure the impact. It's absolutely enormous. Everybody felt it. Is that the symbol of engineers? Who felt it most and will never get over the effects are those who lost people. And the sheer numbers are so appalling and the horror of the attack is so appalling that in one sense New York will never be the same. With the collapse of the second tower, an eerie quiet descended on New York. By 11 o'clock, hundreds of thousands of dazed and disheveled office workers, many covered in ashes and dust, could be seen marching north from the financial district, straggling uptown along the West Side Highway, or heading over the bridges to Brooklyn. Down at the site itself, hundreds of firemen and rescue workers groped their way across a surreal landscape of smoke and flames at the edge of an immense seven-story pile of tangled steel and debris searching desperately for any signs of life. All day, doctors and nurses in emergency rooms around the city braced for the anticipated onslaught of injured survivors that never came. Those who got out, got out, one nurse later said. Those who didn't, died. Around 5.20 in the afternoon, building number seven, a 47-story tower on the north side of Vesey Street succumbed to a raging oil fire within and fell to the ground. One of the surprising things, you could call it almost a, a sad poetic justice, is that the only buildings that were completely destroyed by this collapse were the buildings that carried the Trade Center label, buildings one through seven. No other buildings, with the exception of the small Orthodox church there that dissolved, were destroyed. And every building that carried the label died.
chilling stuff. Chilling stuff. Mental, innit? Aye, mate. It's fucking... I've never, I've never watched anything that long about the... The practicalities, seeing people running away, seeing the smoke and that, mate, it's fucking horrible. It's insane, um, mate. But I was, I was kind of wanting to kind of... You're going to call it all bullshit now? Uh, so, <laughs> so I was going to kind of tie this up by talking about what people say, as like the conspiracy theorists say. Right. Um, so there's a few different arguments that are like compelling, like they're no, I'm not saying like, oh, it's a lot of shite because... We know we know all about the governments, bro. They're up to some bad shit. Um, but just going on for that video, mate. Um, it was talking about building seven, tower seven there. So that collapsed without um, without any impacts at all. So there's been a lot of like conspiracy theorists talking about how that's a controlled explosion, right? Aye, they controlled demolition. I've heard that. Aye. So before you go in there, what was the like the official reason for it? Because it wasn't in that at all, was it? I'll, I'll go on. Yeah, I'll right. go on yeah, after this. So. Um, the mystery surrounding the third tower known as Building 7 has been central to many conspiracy theories because the skyscraper fell to the ground without being hit by a plane. The 47-storey third tower, located 100 metres away from the World Trade Centre, collapsed seven hours after the Twin Towers. Robert Corral, a leading conspiracy theorist, has dismissed the official findings. So the official findings were that the fire, the heat and the debris had latched onto the building which mate, did you ah, see it like, I mean I think that's pro- that's what I before you said like what that was aye. that's what I assumed happened because like buildings were just falling because of the heat like that was pro- like um, projected after aye, I'm surprised no like even uh, for the blast of it falling aye, I thought sh- it would shatter everything do you know what I mean um, but I, so this guy this Robert Carroll is a civil engineer professor don't say a word, can I? Uh, and he's a, a, the author of Art- Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth. He claimed that the destruction of the tower was co- caused by a controlled demolition. Theories have also been sceptical about the occupants of the building. Uh, on the second floor was a home. The full second floor was home to the Secret Service. Like So nobody could like go on that floor. That was like, that's their bit. So right. they could have done anything in there, obviously. Aye. Um, Mr. Carroll said, I just couldn't understand how those buildings collapsed. It didn't make sense. Indeed, neither did, neither before nor since 9-11 have fires caused the total collapse of a steel-framed high-rise, nor has any other natural event except for the 1985 Mexico City earthquake. Otherwise, the only phenomenon capable of collapsing such buildings completely has been by way of procedure known as controlled demolition, whereby explosives or other devices are used to bring down a structure intentionally. So we know how that goes, mate. Did you ever see the the fucking Red Road Flats, bro? Ah, yeah, D- yeah. Did you know about Red Road Flats demolition, right? I, I stay, at the time, I stayed literally a two-minute walk for Red Road Flats, right? And they fucked it up. Do you remember this? Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were, like, one, I, I don't know if it was one or I want to come back next week. I mean, oh, like, I think, so Red Road Flats was like six flats in a row, a big long one, then Hunter's like kind of high-rise flats, and they were all sitting like halfway fucking, uh, like, demolished, sitting like Leaning Tower of Pisa, and for genuinely, it felt like years. Ah, mate, yeah, I thought it was years. I, it, it was at least like six months or something, they were sat with like, a big machine just pitting away at wee bits of it to try and get it done. So <laughs> that's what a controlled demolition can, can end up being like, right? But, um... Other other theories are uh, that the fires would not have been strong enough to burn through steel structures. Sorry, so that's a med in that. He added, the fires were on the upper floors. There's little chance that the heat would have spread down to cause uh, cause the steel columns 
on the connected floor beams to sufficiently weaken and collapse the twin towers. So he's even saying that the full thing was controlled. Aye, aye. So I just don't know how you can even say that. I know, mate. I know, and that's like that's the that's the fucking the main thing. That's the main thing they all say that there was a bombs like planted all all around the place. But if you think about a plane shattering through every bit of structure, so how how like um, how. A building like the Twin Towers is is built, right? Trips <laughs> is like a, it's a skeletal frame building, so that's the same as like see if you go into a garage, you won't see a pillar anywhere because all its structure is in its sides. Aye, aye. And so they use things called H beams, which are it's like the, stro- the strongest shapes are triangles and H's, right? Because it's, it's like just the way that the, the, they are. So it would have been built with a truss as as triangles. So that's why they always talk about they're like couldn't you have melted the trusses? They're like they're strong as fuck. But if if a plane's gone through it and then you've got fa- like ten floors above it, just with all that heat, like and fires, like f- feed on themselves. If you know what I mean, aye. like they don't just go off. Oh, no, I, 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 I'm roasting the new. You aye. know what I mean? It's like <laughs> there's mail paper. There's Ooh. a fucking wooden chair. Aye, they're, like, they're, just adds. They're, they're very Moorish, bro. Aren't they fires? Aye, aye. Um, aye. So he's saying that they, they were supposed to be uh, fire retardant, late insulated and stuff. But in the <laughs> they said something else. In the 2008 National Institute of Standards and Technology, an official report concluded that the fire was the explanation for the collapse. So that's like that's the the thing, right? But there was um, a, a couple of students, Doctor, uh, there were students at the time, Doctor Leroy Husley, Leroy Husley, and Zila Kwan. They sound like they sell fucking acid or something, they do. So they were in the University of Alaska and they did a four-year extremely extremely extensive study um, using computer models and they said that the fire didn't collapse it either. But in the report, they said the principal conclusion of their study is that fire did not collapse World Trade Center 7 on 9-11, contrary to the conclusions of NIST. uh, Private engineering firms studied the collapse and said the second the secondary conclusion of our study is the collapse of World Trade Center 7 was a global failure involving ne- the near simultaneous failure of every column in the building. So that's what I was meaning. They've, right. They didn't have like, they didn't have uh, columns in the middle of the building. It wasn't actually, it was just empty floors and the sides were all, but if, if you've went right through it, and you've got that heat, obviously that's going to bring it down. And as we're talking about heat, you know the mad classic bit of parters, like jet fuel can't melt steel beams. Aye. That's like what, there's memes about that and all that. Mind, that was a mad thing. Aye, I, remember, mate, I remember my, my pal Joe used to say it to me all the time and I had no idea what he was <laughs> talking Joe, about. Joe, that was maybe the editor. Jet fuel can't melt steel beams. It was just like, that's just synop- like fucking, I just remember that so much as being a, just a normal part of everyday life. Um, so I, that theory is that the building was destroyed by other explosives and different floors and that. But in 2005, experts published a report explaining the findings of the building and fire safety investigations of the World Trade Center disaster. It debunks their claims. The report states that the minimum specified thickness of insulation was adequate to delay the heating of the trusses. The amount of insulation dislodged by the aircraft at impact, however, was suffi- sufficient to cause structural steel to be heated to critical levels. So it's like, it's fucking... So like if a natural fire took place there, like just an <coughs> office fire, not it, there's no way they would have melted that. Aye. But it's like the, the 
like a di- like additions yeah. of like like this happened and this and this and it's this all coming together Aye. to make it. And I don't know if this was like planned by Mado Sam. I don't know if he was like I know. Aye. He might have done. That was a mad project manager. <laughs> you know what I mean, he Aye. might have knew like if we go right through that thing, Aye. it's fucking collapsing. Um, the the report goes on to explain that bare structural steel components, when exposed to a large and sustained fire, can heat rapidly to the point their ability to support their load is compromised, right? So jet fuel can't melt steel beams, right? So I only know this in Fahrenheit, but steel beams melt at 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit and jet fuel burns at 1,500 degrees Fahrenheit. I don't know what that is in Celsius. Yeah. But see when jet, see when uh, steel beams are like... See, see if you had a steel beam that was like an inch thick and you heated it up to like... A thousand far a thousand Fahrenheit less than its melting point, you could do that with it. Like you could physically do that. So imagine what like the thousands of tons above Aye. that thing can do to the H beams if they're fucking roasting hot. So Aye. if they're heating them to nearly if the they're point, getting close to it. Aye. It's nothing to do with melting. You've seen there in the disasters, it's like there's still big beams sitting Aye. hanging out, but they're just roasting that it makes them malleable. Um and then all the weight on top of it, it just crumbles so exactly. So that one has been Debunked. Thank you. Um, but this is a quite an interesting thing, mate, that I didn't know about, and you told me about that. There was um, on on the morning of September to September eleven two thousand and one, within minutes of the attack in the World Trade Center and the Pentagon, the CIA had been running a pre-planned simulation to explore the emergency response issues that would be created if a plane were to strike a building in New York. That is the weirdest one. How, mate. So, the same day? I, th- mate, this, it was genuinely minutes before it, they were doing a, a mock terrorist attack to see how they would respond to, the, to these buildings. So the Bush administration described this event as a bizarre coincidence. <laughs> the matter wasn't mentioned by the media. The CIA-sponsored simulation consisted in a sh- scheduled exercise held on the morning of September 11th where a small corporate jet crashed into one of the four towers at the agency's headquarters after experiencing mechanical failure. The news concerning 9-11, the 9-11 aircraft crashing simulation was hushed up. It was not made public at the time and revealed almost a year later in the form of an innocuous announcement by Homeland Security. So, like... They were like, we can't tell them we were practicing this shit, bro. Mate, and that obviously feeds into like the fact that they didn't want 9 11 to happen, but they were like, we can now manipulate what's happened here to suit what we wanted as a country. Our agenda, uh, you know what I mean? But this is why it's like, see that thing, like it was hushed up for a year and they were doing this and it was all secretive and. That's why, like, see when cunts go, you're a fucking idiot for thinking 9-11 was an inside job and that, and you're like, no, mate, they are dodgy bastards. Aye, they, I mean, look at MKUltra. I know, and, like, most of the things they do, do you know Aye, what I mean? and they try to kill, um, they try to assassinate fucking Fidel Castro about 80 times. Aye, like, they, they do bad shit. Aye, mate, I know. Even to their own people. Mate, do you know, just while we were saying that, do you know what um, Che Guevara's last line was? coldest line bro no so, better than the guy with the guns that- <laughs> <laughs> no it wasn't anyway, but it's up there he said um, shoot me for I am one that one man you cannot kill the idea <sighs> mate bang did mate Hard. cold Hard cold as fuck, as fuck. Um, 
but aye, so that's how I, that's like I'm they're, they're trying to hush everything up the little doing this in a mad secret base. We're getting planes to fly into buildings, actual planes to fly into buildings. How could they have predicted that? And the book, George Bush saying it's just a happy coincidence, mate. Actually, see, speaking of that, I've no even went to include this. Can you type in George Bush Ukraine? You seen this video? No, a Freud, do you know what a Freudian slip is? Aye, t- aye, aye. So, guess less with top performing content. Is that Freud? Aye, this was fucking last year or something. Maybe not even that. Contrast. Russian elections are rigged. Political opponents are imprisoned or otherwise eliminated from participating in the electoral process. The result is an absence of checks and balances in Russia and the decision of one man to launch a wholly unjustified and brutal invasion of Iraq. I mean, of Ukraine. <laughs> Bro, like... I've never uh, seen that. Mate, everybody laughs and he goes, oh, I'm 75 years old. You gotta uh, let me away with that. No, 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 the fucked up thing about him is, where do you think he's fair? Dunno. Where, where would you think he was fair just listening uh, to that? Tennessee or something, Texas. Oh, uh, the South. Huh? Connecticut. Where's that? Like, I think it's like Midwest, it's like near... So I think it's like New Jersey and like anywhere right. near the south. And and it, but his whole family took on the persona of like the right wing Republican, blah blah uh, blah, to like win mate, elections. Mate, there's that? some mad conspiracy theories about their uh, family, bro. Like that that's a rabbit hole. And that's a, half, a whole bro. other episode. Ju- um, Junior Mulvey. He's an offer. We all do that, but mate, that's know, that's fucking insane. Um, but mate, another thing that I had no idea about this is what I mean about like when when I started researching this, I was like, hey, I know about that, I know about that, not. But then I was so much. I was finding shit that I was like, what? So, do you know that two of the pilots on the planes were trained at the same time in two thousand and one at a fucking pilot school in Florida? Aye, I knew that. Mate, Mate why, I don't know if you're going on to it. Another mad thing is the nationalities of the pilots. You know about this? No. Every single pilot apart from one was for Saudi Arabia. So all them had to die, the, the country that's exiled Bin Laden. Oh, they were all Saudi. Think about how many different nationalities there would be in that Al-Qaeda group. People from Afghanistan <laughs> and whatever. He was like, ah, send all the Saudis. <laughs> aye, aye, bro, listen, me, hollows are virgins and that, honestly. Wait, wait, you just wait, me, honestly, virgins for days up there. Do it for a lab, brother. But aye, so I'm just going to talk about this guy, right? Rudy Deckles. Was the was the instructor? So this is his kind of first take on it. Rudy Deckers wakes up every morning thinking of September 11th, 2001, and wondering if he could have done something to prevent the ta- attacks that left nearly 3,000 people dead. Deckers <laughs> sounds like I'm giving him a nickname. Sounds like somebody where you'd put somewhere you'd buy like t- tools for. And he go down to Deckers. Rudy Deckers tool shop. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Deckers owned a flight school in Florida that unwittingly trained two men who flew airliners into the World Trade Center. Like it says 11 years ago, the date wasn't it that. <laughs> so I'll do that again. Deckers owned a flight school in Florida that unwittingly trained two men that flew airliners into the World Trade Center. He interacted with them nearly every day for six months leading up to the attack as they took pilot training at school in in Huffman Aviation in Venice, Florida. Everybody always asked me, did you see anything? Was there something in hindsight? I wish, I wish, I wish I saw something because then I would not be infamous. I would be a hero. Deckers told CTV's Canada AM 
Decker's written a, has written a book, Guilty by Association, about his experience with Mohammed Atta and Marwan El Shahi, the two hijackers whose act of terrorism left 3,000 people dead. Although he had an, an immediate dislike for Atta, who was often an attentive student and it was rude to instructors, particularly the females, Decker said he would never have suspected the two men, which I think is a bit mad. Like, <laughs> why are they all rocking up here to <laughs> learn how to fly? Like, why, why are they all going to be pilots? From, like, from the glory of God. We uh, <laughs> I, know, I don't know. I don't know if it's just the new, there's a mad stigma about people that like are fae that region just I think because that's what, of that. I think that's what caused that. Aye, like, so probably, I understand before then, but then think about after then, like what that done, like anybody who was like Asian or Muslim was just like that. I mean, uh, you've seen Harold and Kumar? On the plane when he's got the bong and she catches him in the toilet with the bong. Have you seen it? No, no I've never watched Harold and Kumar in my life. Oh, bro. I watch it the night. I watch it the night, right? They're on the plane and obviously one of them's Asian, but the, the, no, well, one of them's like Chinese sort of and right. another one's like, say like Pakistani or something. And uh, they've got to the dam and uh, on the plane he, he rigs this bot he's like a medical he's like a mad student he's a medical student but he's pure into like engineering like mad cool Mechanical, shit and, and right. he makes a smokeless bong right so he's like on a pipe or something and in the toilet he goes he does it and then this, a bit of smoke gets or something and like a, a, a woman sees him like like try to fix the bong and all yeah. that and she's like ah Terrorised and shouts <laughs> on the plane, and obviously chaos. I'm not doing it for you, but, but mate, I've um, I've been guilty of that. No, mate, it's heavy, bad. Like I, I remember once I was like getting on a flight, doing a go to a training course in London, right? And it was just me. And at this, like now, when you go to the gate at the end, I was there early because I was going for my work and that, right? And um, I remember I was like sitting at the gate, and there was a guy that was clearly like. Muslim and he was like sitting and he looked pure angry and he was doing that Muslim as fuck <laughs> but he looked pure angry and he was doing that and I was like oh, f- oh fuck and I was pure like should I say something to somebody and all that like he looked he was pure like talking to himself and doing all this I was like that's that scared me because it was just me us and this mad um, like bit before you get on the plane and I was pure like just looking and going like that and, like, <laughs> and looking like that and I was like should I say and all that and then I just seen like his wee, like his daughter coming out the toilet with his ma, with our mars. I mean, it was just a wee family. It was all stressed out. We oh, got to London, mate, and I was like, I'm a bad guy. Aye, but you, but you, it makes you feel racist, but it's no really, it's mere today, but it's different if you're still like that, like any Asian person you see, like, I'm fucking terrible. Like, that's racist, right? But like, immediately after that, obviously the news and that, and that, this is when we were really young, right? This mm-hmm. happened. We were like, like toddlers basically when this happened. Oh, yeah. So, you, as a toddler, you're sinking in this information of like, if you see somebody dressed like this and they look serious and they're got they're harmful. Do you know uh, what I mean? And it's like you it's, just grow up with that image in your head. And that's what I'm talking about about people that are radicalized. It's like so like like we were dudes. like we, we were, were almost radicalized to believe that every, they're all terrorists. Aye, we were. We, uh, we genuinely were. But me, I've got one mere hang right that I've. After researching this and being like, what the fuck? I found out it was via a website called, I forget what it was called, but it's a mad fake news site for like conspiracy theorists and that. So it's been discredited widely by Aye. the family and shit. But do you want to hear about it? Aye, go for it. Why spread misinformation? Aye, Me when I'm about to spread misinformation. <laughs> um, so this is a deathbed confession by a CIA agent, right? So 79 year old retired CIA agent Malcolm Howard 
has made a series of astonishing claims since being released from hospital in New Jersey on Friday and he has weeks to live. So this was back at this a few years ago. Mr Howard claimed he was involved when the controlled demolition of World Trade Centre Center 7 the third building that was destroyed in 9-11. Mr Howard, who worked for the CIA for 36 years as an operative, claimed he was a tap, He was tapped by a senior CIA agent to work in the project due to his engineering black background and early career in de- the demolition business. So he was an engineer that uh, had done so demos. So he knew about that? Aye, uh, so he was trained as a civil engineer and he became an explosives es- expert after being headhunted by the CIA in the 80s. Mr Howard says he has extensive experience of planting explosives and items as small as cigarette layers and as large as 80-floor buildings. The 79-year-old New Jersey native said that he worked with the CIA operation they dubbed the New Century between 1997 and 2001. During the time, he said the CIA was still taking orders from the top and you should follow the money trail to see where it leads. Mr Howard said that he was part of a, a cell of four operatives tasked with ensuring the demolition was successful. So I, after hearing about this, I went and listened to podcasts and that, and um, people were saying, like this guy was saying, like he didn't know what he was doing because the CIA as a organisation is compartmentalised. So like, that's what Air Bob Lazar says. Like, uh, mate, that's uh, what I heard him talking about uh, as well. It's like uh, you uh, never know, you get told like, do this to this thing. Mm-hmm. And you're not told why you're doing it or what the bigger thing it's going into is for. I'm just like, come on, if I, obviously you'd be like, right, if I'm planting demolition. Right? Like, you, uh, you need to figure out how we uh, take down the World Trade Centre, mate. I've like, done the actual law, mate. It's tomorrow, mate, right? <laughs> I knew I could do it, but I didn't know. <laughs> I thought I'd go clean everything. <laughs> I thought I'd put up the hair's fence and later. <laughs> but, mate, aye, so that's been heavy, like his family, like that. Didn't he say that? Do you think he probably had dementia? something maybe maybe mate because like, apparently he was saying wild shit aye like, mate, when you've got to meet like you're like ah fucking what, what have you done with my boy and all uh, that like yeah, mad aye. shit mate have like, you ever spoke to somebody with dementia uh, aye it's fucking horrible that's the worst thing ever it's scary actually because you witness somebody who has no grasp on reality mm-hmm. do you know what I mean like or they die for a second and then it's gone and you're aye. like whoa mate I, the only person I've ever spoke this is a mad tangent we have wrapped up but that's that's so us concluded 9-11 extensively aye. but I spoke to my neighbour that lived across the road from me where I grew up in Springburn right he was like a sweet old guy Billy and he pure like taught me how to play football and all that he was a pure great guy I used to get into his house like my sister and like him and uh, Billy and Mary they're called and his wife and uh, he was dead fit and all that he used to always have like he used to lift weights till he was like 70 in that uh, night yeah. but I seen him like last year for the first time in like 10 years and I went oh Billy mate what's happening and I walked up to him and he done that and he started like running away from me and I was like no 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 and then Mary came up for the corner and she was like you're alright you're alright calm down calm down spoke to him for a minute and came up and she was like hi Jamie it's so nice to see you I'm sorry but you can't talk to him now and all that and I was actually like, what the fuck? And I went back to my man. I was like, have you seen Billy in that? And she was like, I seen him a couple of years ago. He's he's really, really no well. But I had never, like, named in my family. You're like, Billy's been a mad prick, man. <laughs> <laughs> I just walked up to him with a cosh. She had nasty Billy. <laughs> I have a word with him, baby. Ow, prick. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it is scary. Especially, it's weird for you, because you obviously didn't know. Ah, yeah, I had no clue. It's different getting into a conversation with somebody dimension. You know they've got dementia. Yeah. You had, like, that... Aye. Weird, you're like, <laughs> I'm alright, I'm so right. Mate, I must have looked insane, I know. I must have looked like mental, but um, <laughs> you're so chasing an old <laughs> No, we done it, Troops, Junior Mulvey. God bless you, son. Um, we hope you 
We hope you've done you proud, man. We hope you've done you proud. And um, if you want us to cover a topic, if you want us to, if there's something JFK or something. Or just more contemporary things, like mad new things that are like, that you've seen and you're just like, this is mad. Even mad singular cases. Scientific discoveries, paradoxes, mad theories, philosophical theories and shit. Even a philosophical question. Even just like talk about George Square. I thought you were going to say Jordy Shoulder. Jordy Shoulder, mate. Imagine, ma- imagine if you get a meme on Patreon. All right, uh, why don't you talk about the history of Jordy Shoulder? That would probably mate, be quite interesting. I know, I'd quite enjoy that, We'll mate. do it. We'll do- <laughs> yeah, look, that's the, thing. that's the thing about us, Trips. We'll do anything. Yeah. Yeah, you want something done? We'll do anything for 30 quid. We'll do it. I'm going to change the tier to say just anything. We'll anything, mate. Turn up your house. Fuck <laughs> you dry. 30 quid. Easy. 30 quid a mouth. Easy. <laughs> Hey, Trips, hope you enjoyed that. See you next time. Love yous. Love yous.